0: Welcome to Hope Community Church's Sermon of the Week. It's our prayer that this message will encourage and equip you to love like Jesus. To learn more about Hope, visit us at hccalive.com. Now enjoy the message. Well, it has been a powerful time of worship already this morning. We're going to continue that as we get into God's Word. But one of the things that I was noticing as we were singing this morning is just how God desires truly for us to surrender to Him. When we surrender to Him, we're saying that we trust Him. And one of the things I was thinking about with that, surrendering to Him, trusting Him, was how about 22 of our students this last weekend have been at a fall retreat, along with 20-plus students from Faith Church. There was a gathering this weekend of over 40 students, just not far from here, really, in Valder's, and they were getting a chance to worship God this weekend. And I think how awesome that is, but also, for some of you as parents, how awesome that was to offload your kids for a few days. I actually talked with uh, Ben on Friday before they were leaving for the retreat, and I said, hey, Ben, just so you know, in three years, we will actually be able to send all of our kids on the fall retreat and on you know other missions trips. And I just want you to know in advance so that you understand what you're getting into. When that day comes, and it will come, I said, Ben, our kids may act up. I understand that. But don't try to call me. I will be gone. I will not be preaching that Sunday. My wife and I will be on a trip somewhere. And and I know that that will happen because when I was a youth pastor, parents used to do that. And I was like, man, that must be so nice. And the day will come where my wife and I will be able to experience that. We'll surrender our kids to God We'll trust him to have his way in them, and we'll trust the, our, our, uh, the staff to take care of them. But I'm really looking forward to that. One of the things I think about, though, with really with worshiping God, is it is so important not only to prioritize our worship of God with our time. We, we talk frequently about that. But we're also to prioritize our energy, So many times we think of uh, when we want to reprioritize our schedule, we think of time blocks. We think of how we're going to manage our time. But let me introduce something else to you this morning. We also need to manage our energy. We need to manage our energy because there are times of the day where we have more energy than other times. You see, if spending time with God at the end of the day is when you have the most energy or the best energy to give him, then do that. But if spending time with God and you have the most energy is happening in the morning, then that's when you need to do that. Because there is no more worthy cause than worshiping God. We live in a culture, we live in a time today where so many things demand our energy, where so many things are are pulling for our finances or our support. We live in a time where there is really no shortage of good things that we can give ourselves to. I think of foster care in our area. There's over 120 kids who are being cared for by people in our area in Manitowoc County. I think of the Haven or the Hope House. The list goes on. There is no shortage of worthy things that we could give our time and energy to. But the most worthy cause that we could give ourselves to is Jesus. You see, Jesus is worth our commitment. A worthy cause will always be worth our commitment. This week we pick up in the book of Acts and if you were with us last week or you were able to watch the message, we saw how Paul and Barnabas go into a town called Lystra. They heal a man who had been crippled from birth. Upon this man being healed, the town wants to worship Paul and Barnabas. They they wanted to worship these two people, but Paul and Barnabas rightly say, only God is worthy of worship. We're mere men. Well, what we're gonna see today is that the same people who wanted to worship them are now going to come against them. But let's see what happens. In Acts 14, beginning in verse 19, here's what it says. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, two towns that they had previously come from, Paul and Barnabas. These Jews come, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose and entered the city. And on the next day... He went on with Barnabas to Derby. You see, a worthy cause is worth our commitment even if trouble follows us. Even if trouble follows us. You see, Paul and Barnabas were telling people about Jesus. The the town is is really captured by the attention that that God gives to using them in a special way, bringing a healing, bringing a miracle. The, The town is really focused in on them But all of a sudden, there's disappointment. All of a sudden, there's persecution. A worthy cause, a really a worthy cause, is worth our commitment even when trouble comes. So these Jewish people come, they arrive, and they turn the entire crowd against Paul and Barnabas. Now, I can't quite comprehend that. I can't imagine on one Sunday sharing Jesus, teaching his word, and and people are like, oh man, Thank you, God. And then the next week they're saying, get him out of here. I can't imagine that. Many of us in our lives, we, we can't even comprehend what that would be like. But it's easy, I'm gonna tell you, it's easy, and you know this, to follow Jesus when things are going well. It's easy to follow Jesus when, when we're seeing miracles. It's easy to follow Jesus when he's providing in magnificent ways. It's easy to follow him when he's speaking to us through his word or through music. But people are fickle. That includes me. You see, just like the crowd who turned on Paul and Barnabas, Jesus experienced the same thing. Palm Sunday, we, we celebrate when Jesus comes riding in on a donkey and everybody's laying down their palm branches and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And by the end of the week, that same crowd is screaming, crucify him, crucify him. A worthy cause is worth our commitment even when things aren't going the way we expect. This is actually the second of five times where the crowd of people will come against Paul. But yet he was committed. A lesser commitment to Jesus in a, lesser situ- or a situation where we are less committed, it would be easy to say, okay, God, you, you must not be for me, you must not want me to be here, it would be easy to then retreat. It would be easy to then walk away. But a worthy cause, following Jesus, that's really worth our commitment, means that we endure hard times. It means we'll endure persecution. Now, this is the, this is the craziest part. So the town stones him, They drag him out, they leave him for dead. The disciples gather around him, but what we know is only Paul and Barnabas went into the town. So who were the disciples? It was the people in this town who had turned their life over to Jesus. They go out with Barnabas, they gather around, and 100% with certainty, I can say, a miracle occurred. Was the miracle that Paul was raised from the dead or was the miracle that he was healed? I don't know. There's evidence that can go both ways, but 100% with confidence, I can say a miracle happened. And I think of the believers who had just trusted Christ, who watched the man who had shared Jesus with them be stoned, dragged out, left for dead. They see this and immediately, there has to be the question that's asked within their hearts, in their minds. Is this really worth the commitment? I mean, really, is... Is my salvation in this God that was just taught, is it worth it? Because I don't want to endure being stoned. I don't want to endure that type of persecution. Well, while they're gathered around him, I'm assuming while they're praying, Paul's raised from the dead and, or, or healed. And Paul then walks back into that same town. Now that, that's wild to me. Because if I'm Paul, if that's happened to me, I don't go back into the same town. I'm like, so long suckers, I'm out of here. But Paul goes back into Lystra. It wasn't until the next day that he and Barnabas would leave. You see, a worthy cause is worth our commitment even when things don't go as planned, even when the odds are stacked up against you, even when people treat you unjustly, even when people treat you unfairly. Now, as I say that, I just, I have to give pause, really. I, I have to give pause for us to think about how this applies in our own lives. We experience these things. We experience times of testing. During these seasons, these times of testing, we determine by how we respond our level of commitment. You see, in the difficulty when we say, God, I'm gonna be for you anyway, I'm gonna press into what your word says anyway, we're showing really to ourselves that we're committed. But in times and seasons of testing where we say, God, I don't know if I can trust you anymore. I, I need to try to protect myself because I don't see where you're at. We're really showing to ourselves the, the struggle in our commitment to God. What I can tell you is we all struggle. We, we all need to press into that commitment, but a, a cause worth being committed to will, will require that level of commitment. It also requires a level of investment. So it isn't just about our commitment, it's about our investment. Now, when I think of that word investment, the, the first thing that I think of is retirement. The first thing I think of is stock markets and 401ks and mutual funds and Roth RRAs. And there's a lot of other things that you can think of within that. But there is something worth even more than financial investments. There's something worth way more. It's investments into people. Let's look at verse 21 because this is what Paul and Barnabas do. It says, when they had preached the gospel to that city, Now Derby, they left the place where he got stoned. They go there, they preach the gospel. They had made many disciples and then they returned to Lystra again, the place where he had been stoned a moment ago. And then to Iconium and to Antioch. They were strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. There is something worth way more and that is the investment into people's lives. The investment into people's lives, this is exactly what Paul and Barnabas were doing. They were investing into the lives of people who had just become followers of Jesus. They were investing into their lives even though it came at their expense. You see, for them to go back into these towns where they had been pushed out, where they had been run out, where they had truly experienced physical harm, that required that they would be willing to put their lives on the line. That's an investment into somebody else's life. That's why we so frequently talk here at Hope about investing into other people's lives, whether it be an investment through small group ministries or whether it be an investment in serving in Hope Kids or Hope Students. Those are investments that pay dividends that are way more valuable than 401Ks. Roth IRAs. Those are investments that continue to give to the next generation and to the next generation. Those are investments, investments into people's lives and there's no greater investment than into someone's life. So Paul and Barnabas go back to these towns. The Bible tells us that when they went back, they made disciples. That's the, the commission that Jesus had given to them in Acts 1.8. It's the same commission that we as the church today have. We're to go and make disciples, telling people all that God has taught us, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's that's why we practice these things. So they were making disciples and the Bible tells us they were strengthening their souls. They were encouraging their faith. You see, when people that we look up to are, are driven out, people that we look up to endure persecution and then come back, that encourages us. It encourages our faith because we see them press on. As as kids, when we see our parents enduring suffering or persecution or some other harm, and they say, but I'm gonna pursue Jesus anyway, that encourages our hearts. When coworkers, when friends, neighbors, other family members, when they see you working through a hard season, losing a job, losing a baby, and making the decision I'm gonna press on and follow Jesus anyway, you are making investments into their lives. That investment looks different for every person. But we make an investment because they see that pursuing Jesus, that following him is still worth it. That's an investment into their lives. But the disciples even tell them, we must experience many tribulations before we enter the kingdom of God. We must experience tribulation. Now, I don't like that. I don't know if there's anybody here who in, enjoys hardship or persecution or tribulation, but if you do, you, you actually might be kind of sick <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> That's not fun. Even, even people who enjoy the gains of working out like if they just push themselves all the time, like that's, that's crazy. When I work out, I enjoy the benefit of that, but most of it is talking. Most of the time I'm at the gym, I'm, I'm socializing. Yes, I like a little physical gain, but not too much. Not, not at that risk. But people don't enjoy hardship. I, again, you, you shouldn't. There is something about us that naturally moves away from hardship. Now we have a problem though. We, we have a problem if we naturally move away from hardship or hard times and the Bible says that we must endure it. Our problem is when we come to those situations, those circumstances, we must do what doesn't come naturally. What comes natural is to move away again, remember? But now what we have to do is press into it. We we have to press into the tribulations, the Bible word there, in order to allow God to work in us. That's a worthy investment, not only into the lives of others, right? But into our life, the life that God has given to us. You see, when we do that, what we experience is that God's grace truly is Sufficient. That that's what we experience. The the sufficiency of Christ. One of the things that I, I have to make the note of here is we have people who were coming against Paul and Barnabas who thought they were doing the right things. They would have maybe even considered themselves followers of God. I'm certain that they would have. And I think of how important it is for us to realize that there are times we think. We're following God, and it brings persecution against other people who think they're following God. You see, the world watches the way that we treat one another. And here's the the note that I have to make. In fact, I wrote it down. It says, when we as Christians, when we can't agree, when we can't get along, why would we expect the world to treat us better than we treat each other? Isn't that interesting though? You see, Jesus consistently says, let the world know you are my disciples by your love toward one another. And within Christian circles, there's, there's constantly people coming against one another. Instead of fighting with people, we need to make investments. It continues. And here's an awesome illustration of the way that Paul and Barnabas make investments. In verse 23, it says this. So when they had uh, appointed elders for them in every church. How did they appoint elders? It says with prayer and with fasting. They committed them to the Lord, uh, whom they had believed. Verse 24, then they passed on through Poseidon and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Adaliah. Now we'll we'll pick up in just a moment, but this is exciting because Paul and Barnabas, who had been commissioned by the church in Antioch, we're, we're going to finish there at the end of this chapter. I'm, I'm excited to get there, but this church commissioned them. So they were under authority by the church that had sent them out. As a result of them being under authority, they had authority to commission elders at each of these local bodies. And, and this wasn't just for administration, Really, this was a spiritual opportunity because Paul and Barnabas knew that when they left, they they needed to trust that the believers in these places would continue to be nurtured and cared for and loved. And so as a a, uh, way of doing that, they established elders. They, They appointed them, in fact. And this is so important because also when they did that, Paul and Barnabas were showing that they trust God, they, they trust God in order for them to say, it's not about what we want to teach. It, it isn't about us having control. It's about us saying, God, we're gonna pray, we're gonna fast, but these are the people that we sense you want us to appoint as elders. And we're gonna trust you to lead the church. The reason that this is so important, I'm making a big deal of it, is because the church never belonged to Paul or Barnabas. They planted it, but it never belonged to them. The church never belongs to people. The church always belongs to God. It's his church. And so what we see here is these these apostles trusting God with his church. So they pray, they fast, they commit the believers. And I just wanna say something about our elders. I am truly privileged. And I'm not just saying this because it's in the text. I am privileged to serve with an amazing board of elders here. If you don't know who they are, please do go to the website, look at their pictures, make it a point to pray for these men, make it a point to pray for their families. I'm privileged because two times a month, we're able to gather and pray. And when we pray, we're not just praying before a meeting. So many times we do that in our Christian circles. We pray, then we meet. We gather in order to pray to seek God's will, to see what God would have us do to, to share Jesus with this community. And, and I, I just couldn't imagine a, a greater group of men to be able to serve with. And not only do they make investments into this church, this community, but they make investments into me. And so that's why with conviction and, and, and excitement, I can share people are worth investments. There's no greater place to invest your time and energy than in in people. And that comes out of a relationship with God. But also, a worthy cause is worth celebration. So here's what happens in verse 26. The guys get back from the missions trip, their very first missionary journey, and it says this. And from there, they sailed to Antioch, the original place where they had left from, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared, listen, this is the best, all that God had done with them and how God opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained with these disciples for no little time. For over a year, these disciples had gone and they had been sharing the gospel with people. They had been teaching about Jesus to people who did not know Christ. They traveled over 700 miles on land. They didn't travel at 65 or 70 or 80 miles an hour. Some of you who speed too fast at 90 miles an hour. They walked. They rode horses. They traveled over 700 miles on land, over 500 miles by sea. This was a worthy cause that they gave their lives to. It was a worthy cause and the Bible tells us that they celebrated what God had done through them. You see, as as ministers of grace, Paul and Apostle, Paul and Barnabas as apostles, they could not do anything apart from God's grace. They couldn't do anything apart from God's grace. And it's an awesome reminder to us that when God's grace is at work within our lives, we can celebrate that. We can celebrate that. Well, thinking about the situation, and just for those of you who are, are history buffs, I would encourage you this week to read through the book of Galatians. It's only six chapters. You can read one a day starting tomorrow or start today. It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna be at your house to keep track. But if you read through the book of Galatians, it's at this point in history where Paul writes it before the Jerusalem council, which we'll see next week. But at this point, And Paul is is a warrior contending for faith. Faith is in Christ alone, not by works. And he writes that because he just gets back from this region as he writes to the church in Galatia. But let me think about this with you. What does this have to do with our lives? I get it, Jesus is a worthy cause. I I get it, that means we should be committed to him. That means that we should invest our, our lives into others and we should celebrate what God does. But all of this came together at one moment in history. All of these things come together in one moment. You see, Jesus, Jesus knew that the most worthy cause was to allow us to have a relationship with God the Father through his perfect sacrifice. The worthy cause was that we could be made right with God. The Bible tells us that Jesus, he who knew no sin, became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. The worthy cause was that he laid down his life for us. Not only did he lay his life down for us, he was committed to us, but he invests into us. That's why the Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for us, making intercession for us. He continues to invest in us. Philippians 1.6, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. Not only does God invest in us, but he celebrates. He celebrates the work that he does in us. He celebrates when people who are far from God come to God. He celebrates when people who have walked away from God come back to Him. He celebrates when we choose to walk in obedience. And this morning I want to pray for us that we would be a people who continue to say, Jesus, you are the most worthy cause. And as a result, I'm going to be committed to you. I'm going to allow you to invest in me and I'm going to celebrate the work that you do. I want to ask that you'd pray with me this morning. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful to be able to worship you as our Lord and our Savior. Father, we we trust you to continue to renew within us a, a heart to be committed to you. And for anybody who's here this morning who needs to come back to you, we pray God that you would stir their heart, help them to do that by grace, by your grace. God, anybody who's never placed their faith in you, let today be the day that they would ask you, Jesus, to forgive them of their sins and surrender their hearts their lives to you. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon of the week. Previous messages of our act series can be found at hccalive.com. If you would like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give at hccalive.com as well. Don't forget to subscribe and may we continue to love like Jesus.